Ben, what are you drawing right now? What what's on your what's on your drawing board? Right now, I'm working on a ball python. Um, a ball python. Yeah, we have the one of the things I draw is the twisted spirit animals, and we have 24 yes. animals this week. We just released 24. Yeah, the raccoon with a set of bolt cutters, uh, self-medicated <laughs> three three toed tree sloth. The possum with the flair for the dramatic and a taco-loving terrier. And that brings us up to 24. And wow. the sloth was the number one requested animal on the list. And now I think behind that is like snakes is a big one. Okay. And someone specifically okay. wanted a ball python. So I'm trying to figure out what, what to do with the ball python. <laughs> what their twist is. Yeah. It's knotted. That's now, the problem. Now ask me what, I, what I've been drawing. And what have this you been drawing? Yeah. What have you been drawing? Also a, a ball python. A sloth. <laughs> a sloth, yes. Today's drawing was a sloth asleep in a tree um, with the phrase get slow as a, a philosophy. I like um, it. And I posted that up on, on Instagram, but that's interesting that we both have sloths on the, uh, that on the old That was last part. week. Yeah, I drew the sloth last week. That's, that's awesome. Funny. I like that. And what are you doing with that? What are you going to be doing with get slow? Um, probably nothing. I saw, I saw an opportunity to draw a sloth because they started going by on my feed somehow. I probably looked at something with, oh, there's a video of somebody returning a baby sloth to a real sloth. And it's like the slowest, most relaxing the slowest video you've ever, ever seen of these, <laughs> these little arms just kind of stretching out to get this baby. And then the mom looking at the guy who's giving back the baby. And it really, I think stuck with me. So I said, all right, at some point I have to I have to maximize the relaxation of a sloth um, because I don't really have any other ideas for the sloth. But he came out pretty well. He, he, he might inspire some other stuff. But yeah, he was a, just a one-off inspiration. I uh, like that. I like that. The get slow philosophy is nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went in. It I fits was, me. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what exactly to do with the sloth when I knew I, knew I needed one because everyone wanted a sloth. And um, at first I was just going to have a dead sloth. And my wife was like, no, that's not, that's not dude. I'm like, well, what's lazier than a sloth? A dead sloth is about the only thing I can think of. So I'm like, okay, maybe one tranquilized. Uh, so we came up with the self-medicated three-toed tree sloth. And, um, but I went researching sloths. And the first thing I, I, I think I, I can't remember what I searched, but it came up with like sloth laws in Texas. Like, can you own a sloth in Texas? So I got into that, and uh, apparently you can. There are no laws against, like, certain animals here. But they were like, what, a sloth makes a terrible pet. Like, they live up in the trees, and they only come down, like, once a week to go to the bathroom, and they don't want to be touched. I'm like, that sounds like a perfect pet. Sounds I mean, good. it's like a cat that only <laughs> shits once a week, right? Like, it's like, very low maintenance. Yeah, that's that. an ideal pet. But apparently they can be quite violent. Um, I didn't realize that, and I... I, I guess they, they, I don't think it's blinding speed. I don't know how anyone ever got caught. Like, do they have an overdrive? Do they have a, if the adrenaline starts flowing, can a sloth really move? I never the, found the answer. The overdrive is second gear. Yeah. <laughs> Just gets them barely at a park. Yeah. So they're violent, but they're slow, which means you can get away. They're aggressive if, uh, if cornered kind of thing. I wouldn't say they have violent tendencies. Like they're not up there plotting anything. It's only when kind of faced with, uh, faced with a threat. Okay. So don't go grabbing them. Yeah. Bringing them down like, oh, kitty, let's, let's pet you. It, yeah, exactly. They do have those, those wild wolverine claws that, yeah. Look like they could do some damage, but then you see they're not they're they're long and solid. They don't look particularly sharp because they kinda like you know, they're 
they use them as almost like fingers at the end of their fingers. But I've always imagined that um, if they catch you in the right place, you know, all they have to do is put one out and they could poke your eye out and then you're, you know, and you know what a sloth is all about. Yeah, but I have some confidence that I could dodge that. Like, I think <laughs> they'd telegraph the move for one. And then I think you have like a few minutes to be like, oh, I should probably, <laughs> Two probably weeks later, think about getting out. Yeah, it's getting there. I mean, they move. In the right place. Anyway, they are fascinating, fascinating animals. But that was, yeah, that was last week. So that, that's funny that we're both drawing that. Yeah. I'm, uh, we'll see if I come up with your ideas from this week, next week <laughs> that you don't tell me about. We'll see if that, that holds. What, um, what was your favorite thing to draw when you started drawing? What, what got you out on the, on the drawing path? You know, it, it's, it's all kind of happened by accident. I mean, I've, I've doodled for years and it wasn't until, um, late last year where I'm like, well, well, I've tried a couple of things. I put a couple silly coloring books out and stuff like that. So I've been playing with that. Well, and you always had designs that you came up with. Were those things from like childhood or teenage years that you kind of just kind of kept with you? Or were those just things that came to you one day while you were fiddling around and you thought you'd, you'd use them somehow? You know, it's funny, not, not for the most part, no. Um, you know, I think probably like all through school, I filled in the margins. I, every notebook was covered with doodles. It helped, it helped me remember the class. There is, there has, have been studies that like, you know, like it's, uh, I couldn't just focus on what was being said. My notes are covered with, uh, ninjas, lots of stuff like that. Um, and funny enough, one of the things I just, I just drew was, um, was a bunch of ninjas. We, we created a ninja pack. So maybe that did come back from, uh, from, uh, from childhood. But uh, for the most part, no, I like, uh, I doodle a lot of bears just cause kind of the, the brand I created with the bear stuff. And that's kind of evolved into these animals and things like that. So, uh, but it wasn't any, like there was no character, um, or anything like that. I kind of drew all throughout, uh, childhood or even even the last few years it was just I, I always liked 80s cartoons and you know Warner Brothers and stuff like that so I think th there's probably some of that in what I'm doing you know the violent animals obviously thank you thank you Bugs Bunny and and Sylvester yeah yeah what about you man you have a really fascinating style I've always liked your style it's thank it's you. it's simplistic and I couldn't draw it if I tried <laughs> I, I don't know it, it's both it's it's both beautifully simple and very hard to capture. Thank you. Um, that is not easily come by. I and I started drawing when I was three or four or whatever, and I just drew through everything that I saw. I started with probably with peanuts and Sesame Street characters. I worked my way through. That was that was really my training. Was I mimicked whatever I saw that I thought was interesting. Um, it went to Mad Magazine. Um, Don Martin, I don't know if you know any of these names, but Don Martin oh, was one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, uh, it switched over to comic books at some point. And I think I talked about this on the show. Spider-Man was my favorite thing to draw because he didn't have facial features. So he was very easy to, <laughs> to simplify. Um, and then it switched to Garfield when I was 12 years old because I loved the big buggy eyes and the very easy style. So I would adapt that style to the characters that I wanted to draw. It just kind of kept going with everything that I saw until at some point um, it became super complex. And it was, that was something internal that be, it became my style. 
And that was, um, it was at that point that I started thinking about illustrating children's books. And I um, had a test for Fox Animation Studio that lasted for about five years. They came to Arizona and I, and I tested and I was on the short list to be hired based on that style. And I continued that style for a long time. And then I realized this is more complicated than I need it to be to express the things that I want to put into drawings. So after scaling it all the way up from those simpler things, I scaled it all the way back down through the course of probably another 10 years of trimming off the edges and saying, how do I get something that is expressive, but doesn't take this much work and isn't this complex to, um, put in different positions and twists and do, you know, a bunch of different things. My whole idea with drawing was always, I want to create a world where all of my ideas can come out. And they all look like they make sense. And none of what I had done before really gave me that. When I finally stumbled mm. upon this style, probably five or six years ago, um, when, it, when <laughs> all the processing was finished, um, it, it kind of latched onto me and things kept coming out of the pen. Like you said, with your drawing in the margins, I, I would draw during meetings at the office job that I had um, incredibly complicated things and then kind of distilling them through the years. I would end up having no notes, but I would have this drawing after I was finished and people would we'd come out of the meetings and be like, your notes are really good. And I'd say, yeah, this is how I retain information. I have to, I can't look at the person who's talking. I have to, you know, have my hands busy doing this. And then I can tell you exactly what they said. So all of that gave me time to kind of work that down. And then when it, it finally stuck, it's kind of interesting. It's sort of like visitors that come and go until they realize the right ones come and stay. And so they just kind of kept coming out of the pen and I just kept refining them until I got to what I do now. And now it really does just kind of leap, leap out of me. So I don't have to, I don't struggle with it too much. I just kind of put the idea down um, when that arrives. Um, but yeah, man, it was, when I think about all the things I drew, um, I just always, I always thought that was how you learned how to draw. I didn't really know that you could sit in a class and somebody would tell you, hey, stupid, you don't have to go through all this trouble, just go to here. Yeah. Um, that was my fun as a kid. I would just sit and draw and redraw and redraw and redraw and redraw. Yeah. Yeah, it's like meditation. It's yeah. really meditational to to work, it, work it, it can be yeah, yeah. It, it definitely can be we've talked about that in the past how like both um in, in taking a break from writing just to kind of change up the get through a creative break or whatever yeah. it, it is it's uh it, it's very satisfying and it's it's, a, it's just using a different uh, a whole different um part of your focus or flow yeah. and it uh frees things up yeah. And it is, it's really enjoy. It's almost too enjoyable. I'm, I'm finding it very, it's, it's very addictive. Yeah. It is it's a distraction. Like, it's really, okay, it, I'll just do this instead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was a nice break and now it's like, well, I've got as much to draw as I have to write at this point. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying it so much. It's, uh, I think I was, I was just telling my wife today, it's like, I, I tried, you know, for so long I've been writing and putting books out there and, and hoping that they, they're responded to well. And since, since I was a kid, that's all I wanted to do was write books. I mean, as, as long as I can remember, I wanted to, I wanted to tell stories and write books. And so it feels like my whole life I've been like trying to almost win that approval or, or whatever of, of, of the public that that's what I do. I'm a writer. Um, please accept that truth, you know, and yeah. then these stupid animals just, <laughs> 
people, oh my God, I love that. Oh, well, I accidentally draw okay too. And I never, <laughs> but that was never something I was really shooting for. It was like, I'd put it out there and go, do these work okay? And they've been very well received to the point where like, oh, I, you know, I guess in trying to become a writer, I became a halfway decent illustrator or whatever. So, but I'm, but I'm really just, I enjoy the simplicity of how fast the ideas communicated through and a lot of minds it's paired with paired with an idea paired with paired with writing paired with a name or something like that so it's not just purely visual art there's something else to it but it's still it's just that instant i had one lady walk up the table and she, she looked at this, she looked at our sign she goes oh i get it i get this this is great like just you know that's the first thing she said was i get it I'm like well these are she's like no i get it it's good <laughs> say no more <laughs> it. normally it takes me three chapters to kind of give an idea of what you know for you to get it so this is they sell themselves drawings better. sell themselves i really and i i see that too they're evocative like they evoke something in people no matter what the style is either people respond lovingly to it or they're you know depending on what the art style is for the artist they can be repulsed by something they can be um curious about something so you can cut you can pique you know people's curiosity you can really flex what you create in a visual medium um in so many different ways that you it's it's salesmanship like it's salesmanship if you're using it for some sort of merchandise because when you get the right thing it does sell itself just by virtue of being visible to people whereas with the book you do have to say okay are they going to like the cover enough to pick it up are they going to like picking it up enough to flip it over to the back are they going to listen to me when i talk are they going to say i only read romance you know the all of those that decision tree that people come to when they have something that's um, verbal like a book in front of them just kind of washed away when you say look at this kitty <laughs> does this turn you on yeah or does yeah. it turn you off and then you know you're kind of on the on the ride at that point yeah pretty much and it's like is this something you want bad enough to to put on your trapper keeper yeah you know that's exactly yeah. what it is and i would yes. say it can be re-experienced immediately like they don't have to say hey yeah. it took me three weeks to read your book just because i read slowly and i was waiting to get to the you know the good parts and i found some of it kind of slow and you're like well screw you it's not slow it's you <laughs> in this case they can put it on their on their on their trapper keeper or they can put it on their um hydro flask and every time they see it they you know it sparks that same reaction to them so they get repeated yeah. immediate gratification out of something visual and colorful like that and you use colors very effectively you you um you use them in a very straightforward and cartoonish way i use them the same way because the more complicated you get the closer you get to uh, an interpretation that has to be made of oh okay i don't like that mm -hmm. style or whatever people feel about something with a little more pushing in it. But when you do something like what we do, that's very straightforward, they know right away. Oh yeah, this hit my heart as soon as I saw it. And um, yeah, it's an easy thing. I think like, it's, particularly these animals too, they're, they're kind of talking to like, you know, they, they each have this personality and people see themselves in it or see a friend in it. And I think there's a little bit of reflection in that. And that's that's the goal is if okay if it's none of these twenty four I'll have I'll have another four next week I'll, I'll find one that you can relate to you know like and people walk up and they're like it, it's really funny to watch people walk up to this like when we when we're at a con or whatever and we have the table set up and like a couple walk up and um, 
a woman walks up and she's like, oh, these are so cute. And then her, her boyfriend, her husband is standing back, rolling his eyes like these are stupid. <laughs> and then he takes like a closer look at him like, is that one got a chainsaw? What the hell is this? And then they're kind of, they're both, they're both in there. So it's, these it's are subversive to too. Subversive and cute. Yeah. The subversive, there's, there's, there's only been a few people that have been a little upset about how violent they are. Sure. <laughs> of course. Like of course, there are. <laughs> there will. This is inappropriate. Good. I'm glad you. <laughs> For whom? <laughs> For whom exactly? Yeah. It's it's so gentle, but it's yes. um, but it's funny. It's like you're talking about the using the design, the color and stuff like that. And like a lot of my experience with the design has been through marketing for the last. 20 years of being in advertising it is it's stopping it's getting the attention it's communicating something simple in a simple way and you know it's um it, it's fun to do that and it's and drawing something is, is it, it's that down to its simplest form right? yeah. or its, its yeah. purest form so. and it took me a long time to surrender i think to the idea that drawing was a legitimate art form um i went through a lot of angst <laughs> unnecessary artist angst when I was young thinking, okay, I depend on an outline for what I'm drawing. So really I'm drawing a very specific type of thing. I'm either illustrating or I'm cartooning or I'm you know, um, doing caricatures. That is, that was, and it is in a lot of artistic circles. I'm, I, ho I hope that that's changing with the advent of digital art and online expression that kind of sophisticates some of these things. But um, there, was, there was this overriding feeling that if you cannot create something sort of three-dimensional or something that's more textured and um, doesn't rely on line as much in the finished product, then you're not as skilled an artist as somebody who can do that. So I went through a period of, let's take away the line, let me try to do things without line. And I, I won't say it wasn't rewarding because it was really fun just to work with color and shape and light, but it was a struggle. It was a strain to learn that. And again, probably lessons would have been great, but you know, I'm kind of stubborn. And I just said, I'll just sit with it and work with it until I, I get it. And as soon as I got it, the idea of why would you make it more difficult for yourself? If you could just depend online to, to kind of hold up everything you're doing, it's legitimate, dude. It's fine. It's, you know, illustration is art. Cartoon is art. Whatever it is, yeah. accept what you do well and just make that work for you. And then I totally abandoned the, you know, that sophisticated is better art kind of feel. And I, I found a happy spot that says if I'm happy creating it, more than likely someone's going to be happy experiencing it. And that that completion is kind of like, OK, I got what I was looking for all along for 50 years yeah. you know, doing this. Especially like in, yeah, you would, you know, you would, you would discover the tablet, uh, ahead of me. I'd had the, I'd had the pen tablet, but I finally got the pen display and now it's just all digital. But there was for the longest time, like if, if I can't, if you can't paint this, you're not an artist. If you can't do this, like, you know, that's kind of, and I don't know, I'd even artists, I just, I like to draw, I like to fun things, but it's like, I see the smiles on people's faces and that's the whole point of what I'm doing with it. And uh, it's effective, and everyone's just like, oh, they're cute. Well, cool. If you think they're cute, they're not badly drawn, I guess is the idea. But uh, yeah, the medium, I guess the the, the medium doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, that does take some, you know, it's like everything else. It's like even in publishing books, like, you know, for the longest time, if you, you weren't published through New York, it didn't count. You know, it's like, is that really what matters? Or is it that, is it communicating that thought and getting that end result of, of, uh, 
sharing the story or getting the smile or you know making someone feel something i mean your stuff is very emotional a lot of your stuff you're i mean you've got a ton of a, a huge range of work and some of it's whimsical and so fun and cute and some of it's um you know much more hard-hitting or um message driven i guess it'd probably be to say it but it's all it, again it's, you look at it and boom you get the you get what you're trying to communicate yeah. right away yeah and I, I love what you're doing with the message stuff, but I want to see more of the wild creature stuff you'd done in the past. I, that was always my favorite stuff. You're like kind of like wild beasts or I look like a bear with antlers. Like you had all sorts of like just fun stuff. And there was like, you could look at that and you could see it's part of a bigger story. Yeah. That's funny that you say that. That is the core of what I've always wanted to create. Digital made it easy to go off in a million different directions with what we do, I think. And that's where... Mm -hmm discipline kind of comes back in because all right you have all the tools you need you don't have to waste money on supplies you can you know erase and undo as many times as you want every idea that comes up is fair game for you know putting in digital art um i am now getting back to my core of hey the picture books that i've always wanted to create now i've got this list of hey these are the ideas and they all have those things that you're talking about which are I kind of feel like I'll be completing a journey when I get to that. I'll be circling back around to the kid inside who was supposed to be the adult who did these things. Um, mm. And that all of those things that live inside of me that have always wanted to get out will just kind of, they're going to be coming out in these, in these projects where um, once I turn that on, I'm thinking I will probably <laughs> be unlikely to write full length fiction again, just because um, the delight of, of, tapping into yeah. what I started out You've to do. You've been saying that, be which there. I think is exciting and makes some of us sad at the same time. <laughs> like, I'm excited for you, but I hate to see you, you know, I, I don't know, but I'm just hoping that one day another book will get a hold of you in, same, in the same way. I have to think it will. I have to think that, you know, yeah. it's all in there and it's all just kind of swimming around and this one had enough time for a while, now the other one's getting it. So somewhere there's a fusion where you can make it work. Do you have any ideas for new kids' books or illustrated works that kind of tie your writing and your drawing together? Uh, yeah, there's one I'm working on. Thank you for asking that. It's I'm working on a writer's reference. So um, you've seen these before. I got one not too long ago. It's a fantastic book. What's it called? Uh, the Emotional Thesaurus. And it's great. It's like, it's, um, I think an independent author put it out, but it's like, you look up, like they're, ner you know, nervous. You look up nervous and it lists all the, um, physical attributes of someone that's nervous what are they doing are they pacing are they fidgeting are they whatever here's some here's what their face might look like and it's just it's a nice way to kind of avoid overusing a lot of stuff but i love i love a writer's reference i even had like uh there's all you know writer's reference for weapons for cars for all this stuff that stuff's great so i'm working on danger bear's guide to murder <laughs> is something i'm kind of playing with so it, it, it will be illustrated but it'll be like an illustration of the act of uh, defenestration and I've got one bear throwing another bear out the window. So it's just kind of like a collection of ways to murder your characters. Um, but but the bears, the but I'm like you know if I, if you gotta get someone hit by a crosstown bus, the best way to illustrate it, I think, is with a bear behind the wheel and another bear in the street just <laughs> freaking out that it's coming. So it sounds awesome because it has to be it has to be a crosstown bus. It can't be a cross country bus. It can't be a local. It has for some reason. It has to be a cross-town bus. I don't know why. Okay. I didn't make the rules. but uh, You're just illustrating them, so. them with bears. That's all you did. Yeah, but I thought that would be I thought that uh, would be a fun coloring book to do. It's very as cool. Well, but, um, oh, coloring book. That. Okay. 
So it's yeah, a, sure. Why not? All right. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then I'll I'll be doing a an actually after this weekend we we've got uh, we've got a big convention this weekend and I'll, but when I come back one of the things I'm doing is turning the 24 animals we've got now into a Twisted Spirit Animals coloring book as well. So we'll have that we'll have that going forward. Um, those, those are fun. So I think I've got enough animals now where it's uh, it's worth putting. That's a good together. collection. That's a good collection for somebody to kind of sit and just kind of fill in the lines with. I think it gives them a good yeah. range of, of um, fun characters to kind of put their own spin on. But it's an emotional journey yeah. from, from sneaky <laughs> possums to yeah. You'll laugh. You'll cry. Caffeinated owls. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that'll be a fun one but uh so that's this week because that's i we were going to talk about this we've got a big convention coming up and i'm trying to convince you to start start going to them. Yes. i know your options locally are a little more limited being yes. isolated in the desert there like yes. living out in arrakis <laughs> but um yes i am looking into and really it does depend on what do i have to offer um stickers merchandise you know those sorts of things have always been on my on my to-do list and I really do very easily get distracted with what the next drawing is so much so that planning a, a collection like what you have has kind of eluded me. And I, I need to sit down and say, okay, picture the table that you're going to have at this con. What do you want to show? It will have the kids books. It may have some um, illustrated books. I wouldn't say for adults, but more like art style coffee table um illustrated books so that it's not mm -hmm. there's no story necessarily just a collection of illustrations coloring books like you're talking about so so the the list of things that i need to do kind of sequence into okay if you do this one particular thing like you've got your animals you can spread that out into these five different things i never can get enough of that one particular thing finished to be able to say here's a collection before i jump out there so discipline is key for me to get to the point where I can say, now I've got a legitimate table for a con. And because it's so limited here, it makes it easy to say, well, there's nothing here, you know, come in anyway. So I might as well wait till I do it. But it is on my whiteboard of, okay, once you get the kids' books in play, go ahead and circle back to all of those things that you wanted to do. So I've, I've consumed your idea of the con as being a, a showcase for what we create. And, um, it will Absolutely, happen. Yeah. Yes, it will happen. As a, what I've enjoyed so much about them is um, you don't uh, writing. You're alone when you write, and the book is purchased, and it takes a while to read. You know, you don't get that instant reaction. So it's a little selfish, but I like seeing that instant reaction at the table. I love getting people like again. Someone walks up, they get it, and they have a smile and they have a laugh. It's like okay. It, it, I hope that's happening with the books. I just, you, you're not there to witness it. That's true. And unless Here, somebody's nice enough it. to leave a review, you never, you never know. You could really, you know, entertain somebody with your work, but you'll never meet them again to, to find out. Whereas with this, it's an instantaneous, um, I see you smiling and I know that, you know, what I was creating yeah. actually got through to you. So, okay. Was done. Yeah. That's, that's a really good selling point for getting in on the cons to be able to interact with people who like my work absolutely so, and I, okay. I think your stuff would just go nuts i think it's Thank it's you. so cool it's so fun looking well there's a lot of debate whether you know do you do fan art or your own stuff and that you know i think if it's fun enough i think your own stuff will do fun do fine and i think your stuff's 
so much fun. I've thought about, I thought, hey, what if you just faked it and made it look like you were already a brand that some people just didn't know about? Like, what if you... That's what I'm doing. Yeah, (laughs) Disney-fied yourself, right? Like, let's just I had people walk up the second show we were out, like, oh, I know these. (laughs) No, you don't. They're like, no, I've seen this. I saw, it's on Netflix. Like, no, I'm sorry, it's not on Netflix, yeah. Um, we just made it up this week. I tell you, it's not there, but it, it, it's, I think if you just, and that, that's just polish in the merchandising aspect of it. Right. And that's a whole other aspect of it. Like there's the art and then there's like, we've got, we've got little merch tag hangers. We've got, um, everything with our brand on it. We've got banners and it just, it looks again, our background, my wife and I's background is advertising and, and merchandising. We built the in-store displays for all sorts of brands. So we have that kind of, but but those two together, definitely, it, it's certainly faking it. And everybody's, yeah, this is in some, this is a cartoon. It should be a cartoon. Like I agree. Do you know anyone on Amazon? Let's get them on the phone. Or you just tell them, oh, you know, next season, watch for it on Netflix. Keep watching yeah, my coming. socials for information. I'm not really allowed to say anything. I contractually can't say. <laughs> NDAs have been signed. I'm just going to hide behind fictional NDAs for the rest of my life. That's that like, You know what? Uh, that can get you pretty uh, It works for probably, a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, lying through omission, I think, is it. So that's, that's interesting to me that branding is huge because it's always been a consideration for me. Um, it, it really kind of... Um, since I started with other people's styles, it really became important for me to say, I need to you know, stand on my own with a style of my own. So eventually this is gonna have to get past Garfield eyes and you know all that stuff. Um, once that happened, it wasn't enough for me. I, needed letter- I need lettering, I need fonts that actually fit my style. I need, so, so the idea of just having my own style actually, I think came with the necessity for, hey, it's gonna have to be sort of a Disney thing, sort of a, you know, I, I, I want it to feel like when you see a Luna work, you know what you're getting. And if the books all have a similar feel, it's because that's the, st- that's the style that carries through everything. Um, so, and that's crippling a little bit for somebody who says, okay, well, I, I can do a million different projects and I don't have to just focus on one thing. Um, oh, the lettering's not right. Let me work on the, le-. you know, there are all of these little things that, um, I've tried to put in place that at some point you just have to kind of say, okay, let's say it's in place, whatever it is now, now that it's digital, digital changed the whole idea of, you know, you can, you can carve it down, you can do what you need to and massage it as much as you need to. And then it's already in a format where it can be used the way that it needs to be used. Um, all of that kind of made this light speed jump to, uh, okay, if you took 20 hours to create this, you only have another two minutes before it's a t-shirt or before it's a, a mug or, you know, whatever it is. Or all those things. And that's, that's, I mean, a big part of it is uh, like, you know, we do with these animals, we have, we have a, a placard that says what it is for people to walk up and see it at the table. But we have a badge sticker that says my twisted spirit animal is this. We have a smaller sticker that we call the personality sticker, which is like, um, like the over caffeinated owl is the badge sticker. And then the, the personality sticker says like, uh, uh, wise and wired or wise, but wired or something like that. Right. And we have t-shirts, we have a print, which has both the name and the personality on it. And we've got about five or six products or pieces that we use through different parts of the process, all with that one illustration. 
There you go. Right, and we're, we're rearranging type, we're rearranging backgrounds, we're rearranging stuff like that. But because it's digital, you can shift all that around. That's incredible. And and construct you know several products or several um, touch points with it. So it's like if you only get one or two uses out of something, it's yeah. like, ah, what a waste. And if it's in a paper format, you realize, oh, now I have to do all this other work to get it. I see this a lot. I'm in a couple of um, illustration groups on Facebook, and I see a lot of people. I just assume everybody's doing digital. <laughs> That's I kind of have that naivete yeah. of like, well, of course everybody's doing this because it makes it so easy. But I am seeing a lot of people who say, oh, well, I'm looking for a watercolor artist who can do this. I'm, I am an art watercolor artist now. I want this to be made into a book. So what do I do to get my watercolor you know, paintings? And every time I hear something like that, I think, number one, you've just made tons more work for yourself, uh, you know, good or bad, if that's if that's what you want to do. Um, mm. The next steps for you are going to be far more difficult than if you were digital. And the expense for that, if you have if you want an artist who's a watercolor artist, you're probably going to pay upwards of three times as much. Sometimes as with a digital artist, you can do it much more quickly with much less expense on you know supplies and who can make changes on the fly. So if you say, hey, that's not quite what I wanted with a watercolor painting that's finished, you're going to pay me for another painting. With the digital stuff, it really makes it easy. So the whole idea of how easy is it to just get on an iPad or a Wacom you know, or Bamboo or whatever and say, I've done all the work in the marketing system, in the production system, in the branding system, in the social media system, and then it, it opens up all these ideas in your head, like how many other ways can I use this to create? You have a shop, right? You have you have a Shopify shop that has all of the all of the elements in it. So people can see it's like yeah. a catalog of, hey, I made one drawing and I could use it in 95 different you know types of merchandise if I want to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like even talking about like that, the the banner we have or the logo we have is half the animals around the name. Right, so I even took the, the took the the animals out of the original illustration and put them on the logo, so it looks like it looks like a Garfield and Friends kind of thing, right? With like the pig and everybody standing around the standing around the the name of the show, and I think that's why people walk up and they go, "Oh, this is a cartoon," or "My kids watch this," or whatever. Like it's, I think that's why it feels that way. But but again, it was just the same piece I drew for the the squirrel with a lit stick of dynamite. I drew it once. And we've been able to use it in, in several places. But I think that also helps the branding and consistency. It does. And I think that's that's where a lot of new, maybe people who are working on art things kind of go off track is that they, um, I don't know that they realize that you can do one thing and use it in a million different ways. You can um, combine things. You can, when it's digital, you can try a million different things and you haven't lost anything but time whereas with traditional art that was a big thing for me was my hands would shake when i would line things because i'd make one false move and then i'm starting over again from scratch um it held yeah. me back a lot so the digital really said um it spoke to me and said you can do whatever very, you want very forgiving it is yeah. oh yeah it is yeah. and it's very easy to get lost in all of the effects all the brushes all of the <laughs> layers yeah. and the possibilities you know you, it's a playground it's really a playground what's your favorite what's your favorite brush tell me let's talk art nerd stuff what's your favorite i just i like the uh the inking pen i i just like i like that tool just the you know pressure sensitive and because that was that was what held me back for the longest time and what even held me back on doing I would draw things and I'd feel really good about anything I drew with a pencil. 
And I'd be like, this is this is cool. This is exactly how I saw it in my mind. This is fantastic. I can't wait to put this out there. Let me just ink it. Oh my God, I can't show this to anybody. It's all squiggly and I couldn't draw a, a line. So the best tool, forget the brush, the best tool is the, um, just the, the, I don't even know what it's called, but it helps smooth out the line. It oh, takes yeah. the wiggle out of the line yeah. and just... Um, I know what you're saying. So about. that, but I do like the, the ink brush because it gives me a little taper at the end of each line yes. and a little varying thickness and stuff like that that I was never able to get really well. I, I had bought, I got a brush pen at one point that it was starting to feel good, but um, I don't know that I can go back to that and I don't I don't have the time to go back to, to doing that and scanning it and then bringing it in and coloring it and digitally and, and all that, so... Um, yeah. What about you? What's your favorite brush? That one, <laughs> the same one. I it think is that in, one? in Procreate, yeah. it's called the Studio Pen. Um, okay. And that was what I saw. So my kids had iPads before I did. They were they're very talented artists, and they were doing learning it, you know, doing it. And I was seeing it. I was thinking, oh, okay, I got to try that someday. But what really talked me into it, I think, was seeing lettering artists who used the ink pen, watching the lines stretch and kind of squash as they moved it until they picked up the pen it was still kind of in motion and i realized wow that's really that's flexible but that's also um the kind of um wiggle and warp that i would want to put in a painting like you i also i had um a brush pen i found a, a watercolor brush pen that you could fill with watercolors that had so it was almost like a um a barrel ink pen and so you could put mm. ink or or whatever washes you wanted in it, and then you could experiment with that on paper. And I bought that, um, and I was ready to use it. And then when I saw what this was, and then when I saw you can make it bumpy, you can make it scratchy, you can make that same pen look like yeah. you know it's look like it's hand drawn on paper. I realized that that was probably going to be the only thing that I I really use out of this. And it's a shame there i've played with some other things there's watercolor effects there's oil you know there's all yeah. there's all this and none of it suits what i do like that pen and just basic colors and a few simple effects and the satisfaction of creating with that and seeing it become something is now mm -hmm. a part of the process where i'm dissatisfied if i don't have that same experience so i do like the and it's weird too because it's still just pixels on a screen but i don't know why <laughs> sometimes if i have it set to the ink pen it has one feeling and if i have it set to the pencil yes. or something it has it's got to be psychosomatic because it can't be like nothing changes between the pencil and the tablet but the the, the just the, the, when I, I i use the pencil tool to sketch and i'll draw blue lines i'll, I'll turn the the color blue and i'll sketch all that in blue and then i'll go over and ink it and ink it in black or, or whatever um so i do like yeah i do like the the pencil as much as like i don't know it's just so fun to switch back and forth and um as i start to do other things like i we've we've designed other stuff like i did the ninja the, the save the ninja uh pack i think i don't know if i mentioned it we're we're uh we're trying to repop the ninja population has been in steep decline since the eighties. They used to be everywhere and now they're, now they're endangered. So we are, uh, creating these ninja packs to re-release them back into the wild. And, uh, so that was one thing and it has a very similar look and feel to, um, what I'm drawing with the animals. But then we've done some other stuff, like some just part of what we want to do with danger bear industries is be, um, encouragement for, for creatives, 
and and stuff like that. You know, we've we've all our life we've been art directors and writers and copywriters and stuff like that, and we know it, it's the, the creative process is kind of a whip. So, you know, a lot of it's that silly kind of stuff like that. But we have like, you know, stickers that say like, uh, screw the muse. We have, we've got coffee and, and things like that. And, uh, those are more type design and stuff like that found with, uh, with fonts and everything. I'm kind of drawing the, the elements around like that's on a coffee cup and I've drawn the coffee cup. But as, as I start to do other designs, I've got a whole bunch of things I want to play with and may break into different, I'm really enjoying finding. And that, that's the problem. Like there's, God, there's so many brushes you can download on top of what comes in there. And there's just, how do I find the same? Like, you know, I've downloaded probably a hundred different fonts now, or even more than that. And I could probably never find the same one twice. So I almost have to go out and search for Ninja font again, if I wanted to find the one I already have. Um, so it's like, even like, how do I, if you don't have a favorite brush and it's in a file called favorite brush, I don't know that I'd ever be able to stumble across it ever again. No. And you know, that's funny. So Procreate actually included um, somewhere along the line, they added a, a place where you can create a favorite pens folder, a favorite brushes folder. So you can kind of stock them all that's in the good. same place and not have to go searching for the ones that you like. They added um, little tiny touches. Like if I like my pen at a particular percentage and I don't want to have to guess, was it at 10% or 15% for the size, you can add a line that takes you right back to that that percentage every single time i never mm. think about it because i always am fiddling with it yeah but the inconsistency makes the resolution different depending on what you're working on and if you need consistency you don't have to guess at what it was anytime i've done a lot of i do the color dip where i like this color let me just pick it up and kind of put it somewhere else instead of finding it on a palette i forget you can't do that with a pen sometimes and i'll say oh yeah i was using the fat pen let me click on the fat pen and get it to come and it doesn't go it's so it spoils you so much to having everything you need all in one place that now these extra little touches are spoiling us i think even more to the point where um okay it'll do all the work for me i'll just tell it what to draw and you know it'll do it like i there was also something very satisfying about coloring like it's a coloring book when i make something on the tab i was just like i'll just fill it in i don't mind i don't have to go and close all the lines and use the paint bucket but now i'm like paint bucket done on to the next one yeah so now it's like more finding those finding those efficiencies but there is something very nostalgic about that it feels like cheating when you use the dump it feels like well wait a minute i told somebody i was drawing this so i better go yeah. like this back and forth on the screen just to make it red you know when um gosh i could be on to five other things if i just go drop 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 and then put the shading in you know like a, I like watching a bunch of illustrators on Twitch and they're just like, boop, boop, and the whole thing's done. Like, oh, man, I, I got to figure out what he's doing there. I should because I like the coloring, but I've really got other things to do that. And I, I agree that is sometimes I find myself stuck in the coloring because I've been hypnotized by the idea. of, Oh, yeah, this is why we like it, because it's and it's digital color is so pure and so rich that you're like, oh, and the line that you leave behind is like painting with a you know, really clean, yeah. you know, kind of rounded brush. So um, it's play. It's really like really creating that stuff is play and it can be easy to kind yeah. of <laughs> get swept up in. I, I think that's a good, that's a good way to put it. And that's, I mean, I, you know, I don't want anything I do to feel like actual work. And it certainly is, is playful and it's fun. I'm just glad we've both found a way to kind of make it work. Again, it's funny, both going from writing to this, um, I say I'm still writing, but it's still, uh, yeah, this is, this is so, it's so much fun. And so, satisfying I, I think you know it's just um 
I guess re- rewarding to a certain extent, but it's just there's just something, and it's also we, we talked about this a long time ago. It's you're done so fast. <laughs> like it's a, it it it's it it's not only quick to communicate that idea, like it takes a long time to write a book. Even you know the fastest. I think the fastest I ever wrote a book was one month, for a rough draft, and um, at my slowest I'll be done design in a week. Uh, it's still just you know it's like hey it's and it, it, there's a sense of accomplishment you're building that momentum that's why I love it as a creative break from something that's taking a long time to do I can get that and go oh, I, I did something today I got something and you can kind of spin that into a little bit of inertia and and run with it hopefully back to the project you left but you know but then oh wait there's this idea of ninjas and I just drew this funny looking skull I'm gonna put it on some playing cards that'd be cool and. Uh, I was just going to do the Ace of Spades, but now it's a four-pack. I got them all. Why not draw the die? <laughs> it's just like okay, well, the, there was Tuesday, but still, it was worth it. It's a fun little, it's a fun little thing. So it grew um, organically, right? It grew from its own seeds. So yeah, you know, it's happening proper. You know, it's the right thing to do because it's kind of leading you forward. I think that's interesting that the idea of creating a book and having a book that somebody can appreciate, both of those are long, invisible processes where. It takes you a long time to create it, and you may never hear that it worked the way you want it to. Yeah. With this, it's quicker to create, and it's also quicker to get feedback on. Um, and I had been told by a lot of people in my life before that it's more effective and powerful when you do the visual you know, creative stuff. Sure. And I always said, yeah, but there's just something super rich about building this work out of a million words that only it only works when you put them all together in this sequence. Mm-hmm. Like I, did, I created this code that when you read the entire code, it tells you something special all the way through. Um, I really kind of romanticize the idea of, of becoming a writer because it's so easy, even when I was drawing and drawing and just not using you know, uh, all, the, all the tools for what I could do, to draw something quickly satisfied me quickly too. And I could say, well, that was so easy. That can't possibly be something that you know, is gonna be anything. Let me just put it aside in my notebook and go back to the real work of this gigantic book. Um, we fool ourselves a lot. It's the, I think it's the opposite of imposter syndrome. It's maestro syndrome where you say, I have to master something over the course of a ton of work in order for it to matter. Something this small can't possibly matter. We have to undo this, that and say, these small things are that come to us easily are the things we're supposed to be reaching for instead of you know always having to do the extra work for the big work. And that's exactly what I was, I was telling my wife earlier today. It's like it, it, trying and trying to perfect writing. And then all of a sudden, like I just needed something on the table to stop people. So we threw this together and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I wasn't even trying to do that. But, you know, it, it's it's working. And I think maybe because there was less pressure on it and because I hadn't built up for my entire life that this is what I was trying to do or wanted to be. It's just like I'm a little I'm a little more. I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm 11 years into writing books and I've still got, you know, who doesn't have a touch of imposter syndrome every now and then. But it was interesting too, because when I did, when I started doing these, the, the, uh, the Danger Bear, the Danger Bear Industries is our, our kind of parent company. Everything's under that, but that's Danger Bear Designs. Danger Bear is the, uh, uh, the booth we have and all that. And, um, I, I, yeah, purposely didn't put my name on it. Like I didn't want a, an identity tied to it. Right, like it's not well, you know, Walt Disney's Cinderella. Obviously, that was that was him or whatever. But like, um, I was like, maybe we don't put a name on it. Maybe we don't put a face to it. It's just this thing. Like, no one, 
his family, whoever created Care Bears, their family knows. I'm not going to say no one knows who created Care Bears. And, um, but, you know, or whatever the cartoons were, like, you know, a lot of, there was, there was a team behind it. There was a brand behind it. There was Hasbro behind it or whatever. So it wasn't like a, 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 an identity. And I was like, you know, I've, I've been out there with the books for so long and my personality is so closely tied to that. Maybe I just don't even sign it you know or whatever so it's kind of been and i'm getting to the point where i'm like okay i'll sign prints if people want to sign print and i'll tell them like this isn't going to affect the value one way or the other like it's not it's, don't <laughs> but if you want me to sign it i drew it i'm happy to do it and uh i don't think anyone said said no most people are like of course and one guy looked at me like i was crazy I'm like well i drew it oh oh okay well then you can sign it you know um, I wasn't just going to sign your poster. Why would the salesman a, sign it? Why would the booth He bought a kid with it? a prison shank for his wife for Mother's Day. And that was awesome. Yeah, that was fantastic. And uh, he's like, don't you put a pen on that. Um, but now it's like, I don't know. Now do I do I put it? Do I put it? So we're starting to actually put our put our names to the company. But it's still like um, like nothing's signed. Like the, the stickers aren't signed. I don't have my name on there like it is a piece of art. Maybe that's what's keeping me from the imposter. Syndrome. Like, I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm not trying to fool anybody. I didn't even put my name on it. You know, it's just it's just this thing. You either like the thing or you don't like the thing. It has nothing to do with me. And there's there's a little bit of some... I, I do like that insulation. Like, you like this or you don't. No, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Because I'm not involved. It's very childlike. I feel the same. It's, it's sort of like... Uh, and you know when it doesn't work and you're like, okay, I'm not going to show anybody that because that's, you know, that does not work definitely. But when it does work, you're like, I can't wait to, to put this on a table or to have this up on social media so people can see it. I use, I use all of that feeling now as a, as the signal that I'm on the right path. It, it's, and I think early on when you're learning and you're, you know, creating, you do think it can't possibly be this easy to create something that people like you have to struggle you have to you know it, it has to be legitimate in other ways and really you've just kind of wasted a bunch of time when all you wanted was to create something that people liked and sometimes they're telling you no this is great and you're like that no that's not great like you're convincing yourself that it's it needs to be harder than it is my hope is that people realize like i realized at some point like you realized oh if it's fun if it's quick if people like it do it <laughs> do more of it you know make that the goal well it's you know i've always struggled to and it's the i'm sure even doing the art for children's books and and working on quotes and stuff like that like you you know everything comes down to hours or they said you know all, most creative services bill by the hour and it's a little frustrating because it's not you know it's not the uh even the story was picasso like you know he, someone wanted an autograph he'd repainting he scribbled something on a napkin wanted five thousand dollars for it and it took you five minutes like no it took me 50 years to make and that's that's what you it's it's and that's even like selling these stickers and stuff like this like you know the production costs are are, are fairly low we're, we're we're doing them here we print them on vinyl we laminate them we put them through the cricket cut them out all that and you, you sell them and you you, you feel like ah that's <laughs> am i getting away with something but it's like no you're not selling you're not selling the paper you're selling the you're selling the drawing you're selling that feeling you're selling the smile and all that so it's and that's that reminder that, okay, it doesn't matter that the, the beaver only took me a couple hours to draw and color and do, because that feels a little fast, but no, because it got the same smile from somebody that liked the otter or the sloth or, or whatever. And it's like, um, it's it's the, I think it, it does come down to the, the end result. And we've always just been taught, you have to toil. It has to take a long time if it's great. You have to 
spend a lot of time perfecting your craft to be good at it and some of us just get lucky and uh draw something fun at the first in the first try or write something that people just happen that happens to resonate with people and i think that i think that's where a lot of the imposter syndrome comes from like you know like i i I have no schooling in drawing i just have um many many meetings that i ignored whoever was speaking and doodled in the in the margins instead and you know i've got i've got how to draw the marvel way who doesn't right like that's on the bookshelf somewhere we all did that but at the same time it's like i'm not if, if i'm not going to stop doing it because i've seen too many people get a smile and get a laugh out of it really really enjoy it so it's like yeah i'll keep doing it. i'll keep faking it that's fine you find you find the value in it as opposed to the value in stacking up all of these skills that you think make you legitimate so you can say now i am you know the master of this it feels like if we could stay five years old and in that same mindset of this made me happy to make did yeah. this make you happy to see that's great that would be <laughs> so it's, much easier than fooling ourselves well, we've been talking about how we're gonna like reveal these stickers and all that it was so funny you say that because it was like you know we're, we're talking like where do we where do we uh i was reading um uh, oh uh making ideas happen i think is what it was called and it was great and it was written by the, one of the guys that created uh behance founded the behance network or whatever and it was really good it was like I, even being in the industry for so long i've struggled with like how do you get other people on board with a crazy idea and all that stuff right that's the hardest part it's like i'm really excited about this i don't know why i understand why they aren't it's it's how do you share that idea and there was a lot of that but one of the things was you have to surround yourself with your work like you know like it's if you've done a bunch of stuff like put it up and like put it up on the wall and we thought um no where does where does good art go it goes on the fridge so we're putting everything uh we're going to start covering our uh, the beer fridge with with all the stuff we designed that's where everything's going to live cuz if you draw as a 5 year old if you draw something you're proud of you make mom put it on the damn fridge so that's where uh that's where we're gonna, <laughs> we're going to do it so that was our it's fridge worthy <laughs> it is it's, if it's a fridge worthy design it gets to go on the fridge and it was but it was it is it, and that's our whole brand is make fun that's the whole thing we're trying to do is make fun and that's it's that five it's that feeling of a five-year-old coloring or drawing or whatever so it's uh yeah why why do it otherwise i mean i'm sure there's i have a friend that he's a fantastically amazing talented um medical illustrator i mean he's drawing arteries and hearts and valves and oh. and, and you know it's just the, the detail important things. important things so there is a place for important art and um i'm you know i'll never be able to touch his his ability it's amazing but I think generally it should be it should be fun. It should be. Um, I agree. Yeah, that's that's I agree. What, that's my goal. So. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Me too. I th- I th- and I want to end this with uh, a challenge because I know our our third leg of the stool here, Clayton Smith says that he can't draw. I have seen him prove that. He has shown me a few drawings. <laughs> I'm going to challenge him to learn how to draw Mm. he doesn't know this i haven't discussed this with him but this will be a fun surprise for him to find out we're going to work with him through this so that he can also see what it's like to just take off the helmet and just draw and find out what you can do with it because it really does work a different part of your brain and it's so fun and satisfying to do that um even if it doesn't become fridge worthy (laughs) it is it is worth doing just for the sake of doing it. So he's been warned now. And when he hears this, <laughs> he'll know what's coming. We'll have some sessions. I, say, I, would, I would definitely point him in the direction of Spider-Man. But also ninjas, also, one of the reasons they were great is because they had no facial features. You just had to draw the eyes and an oval around them. And that was... You do baby steps. The journey of 
one step begins with a thousand steps, right? You go all the way out there so you can come back to the simplicity. We're going to help him skip all those steps. We're going to say, stick with the simple kid. You'll go far. Yeah. That's what we're doing. That's fun. So, all right. Thanks for tuning in to A Billion Bad Ideas. We'll see you next time.